Welcome to Glorified Treasure Spread. This is the audio version of the commentary notes for the Spring 2023 Teleos study from Psalm 23 to Psalm 41. Week 8 Commentary, Day 1. We once again find ourselves reading a wisdom psalm. Craigie comments, The psalm stands firmly within the tradition of wisdom and should be interpreted as an instructional poem. The way of the wicked and the righteous are put before us as well as their punishment and reward. The wise man will desire to walk in the Lord's way of wisdom, to share in his abundance, and this psalm instructs us by showing us the way the world actually is rather than how it simply seems. Let us take heed. As far as Psalm 37's background, we only know a couple of things. One, David is its author, and two, David is here instructing people living in the land of Canaan. The psalm is an alphabetic acrostic, meaning each line begins with a letter in the Hebrew alphabet, and each new line follows the sequence of the letters of the alphabet. The psalm can be divided into three sections. A. 1 through 15, B, 16 through 33, and C, 34 through 40. Each section contains the main idea of Psalm 37, which is best summarized by the first line of verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. Philippians 2 contains a phrase that is a helpful summary of this psalm's teaching, and it falls in a section of instruction as well that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. Psalm 37 teaches us to live wisely in the midst of a perverse generation. One can still look around today and see the need for the instruction in the early verses of Psalm 37. The wicked indeed strut about, live lavishly, and seemingly have no worries, but things are not as they seem. The godly have no reason for envy and should carefully watch their response to the wicked. The prosperity of evildoers, and indeed the wicked themselves, will wither quickly. Instead of envy toward the wicked, we are instructed to trust, delight in, and commit ourselves to Yahweh. Verses 3-6 through speak of how to live an alternate life, placing trust in God and believing in God's promises. It is a life lived in trust of God instead of anger about the wicked. Again, there is here a connection to Psalm 1 if we simply ask the question, how can we learn to trust in Yahweh? The answer, by musing on the Lord's instruction day and night. Only then will appropriate feelings arise when we see the short-lived prosperity of wrongdoers. Golden Gay helpfully summarizes verses 8 and 9. Yet another exhortation not to be vexed, now strengthened by the reminder that it only leads to wrongdoing. That exhortation is thus buttressed by a reminder of what happens to bad people who have joined other wrongdoers instead of standing firm as people who look to Yahweh to act. The wicked will be cut off from the Lord and the land, but the righteous inherit both. Verses 10 and 11 are, in essence, an expansion of verse 9. Verse 11 and the beatitude, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, are very similar. The meek inherit not so much because they were meek, but rather because their meekness manifests itself in resting and waiting on the Lord. 
verses 12 through 15 show that the wicked directly plot against the Lord's people, but the Lord scoffs at them because he sees their end. The wicked end up with the sword they drew to slay the righteous in their own heart. This is the way the world actually works, whether we see it clearly now or not. A day of judgment is coming, and the wicked ought to tremble rather than seek all the physical pleasure they can now. The righteous indeed have no reason to fret and have untold pleasures awaiting them in Jesus, who is seated at God's right hand. And this should motivate us to do good right now.